Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Welcome, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and thank you for downloading episode 28 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. This is the show for those of you who love to have your finger on the pulse of English and Spanish language pop culture. Feel free to share with your friends and have them subscribe every week for a new episode. On today's show, we welcome Gotham's Jessica Lucas. If you don't know who she is, she plays the villain Tigress, and she discusses her thoughts on women in superhero movies, plus working with Uruguayan director Fede Alvarez. Plus, my review of the highly anticipated Fate of the Furious, and a recap of all the top music, TV, and movie news you've missed out this week. But before we get to the Jessica Lucas interview, I wanted to kind of tell you something that I've been noticing a lot as of late in the last couple of months uh, in the behavior in my household towards the television. It's really incredible. My wife the other day was watching a show on Netflix, and the crazy thing is she never turns on the TV anymore. The TV is there in front of her. She just doesn't use it. She watches almost everything on her computer or on her iPad. And then just the other day, I saw her watching something on her phone with headphones. It was incredible. And so you're going from the big, big TV to the small, small, little TV. And I think that that's the future of everyone who owns a television, especially like a 70-inch television or whatever. Those moments of buying that $5,000 TV, that 4K 3D Samsung uh, television, those, those days are slowly starting to come to an end. And by the way, everybody who's involved in a show, the producers, the directors, the actors, nobody wants you to watch something on your device. They all want you to watch it on a big screen because that's how you appreciate the color schematic. That's how you appreciate the sound, the 5.1, 7.1 surround sound. You can't enjoy that on a device. So there's arguments against it. But I've noticed, look, I've cut the cord in one area of my home, my bedroom. I, I, I now have an Apple TV. I no longer have cable. I don't have cable on my, in my bedroom. I, I bought an Apple TV and everything I watch is just Apple TV apps. There's many apps that I just tune in and I watch a little bit of uh, what's going on just to kind of stay informed. But you know what? It's true. I don't watch the big screen television as often as I do. I think I mostly watch it for live events. But if it's anything like a show on Netflix or... I literally probably mostly start am starting to watch it on a device. And that little observation kind of shook me because I grew up on television. And to know that now the television is starting to become obsolete, man, it's like a little scary thought of the future of humankind.
If you watch Fox's Batman show Gotham, you'll be familiar with our next guest. Canadian actress Jessica Lucas, who plays villainess Tabitha Gallivan, is building quite an acting resume in Hollywood. Her breakthrough roles include hit TV shows Melrose Place and 90210, as well as cinematic hits Cloverfield and the Evil Dead remake. She was even Chris Martin's muse in Coldplay's music video, True Love. Jessica, great to have you on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Yeah, me too. So listen, Jessica, let me start with the new season of Gotham premiering uh, April 24th. For those who are interested in tuning in for the very first time, what does Gotham offer new viewers that they're not necessarily getting from other superhero shows out there right now? Um, I think my favorite thing about our show, I mean, if you're into Batman at all or um, have been a fan of it uh, at all, which I was, um, is that it's it's telling the story of Batman in a completely different way um, than has been done previously. It's an origin story um, about Batman when he's a teenager. Um, and so, so you're getting to know, you know, what happened to him before it exactly led up to that, you know, change for him. Mm-hmm. And um, also just, it just follows like the city a lot more and the crime within the city um, and how the city got to a point where it needed a hero like Batman. And it follows a lot of um, villains that you might not have known. Like, um, you know, I play Tigress and, um, you know, it's, it's Cameron Monaghan plays a version of the Joker that, you know, has never been seen in the movies or the television show before. So they, they've done a really good job at coming up with um, these villains and characters that are really deep within the Batman canon that aren't explored right. as often as in other versions of this story. One of the things I applaud about the show is how diverse it is, including your character, Tabitha Gallivan. How has that dynamic played out on the show and what kind of feedback have you heard from viewers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a, a sign of the times. I think these stories were written in a time when that wasn't as common and they needed to be updated to reflect our modern times. And um, it's really nice to be able to see these characters that you grew in love, grew up with and loved being reflected in a way that you can relate to. Um, and I think the female characters, especially in our show, have been updated to be much stronger and independent and much more than just sex symbols, which I think you know that's the key. They part. were maybe twenty years ago. That that's the key yeah. part. Would you say that? Um, some of these uh, female superheroes uh, traditionally and even now have been over-sexualized? Yeah, I would say so, or just that they had no depth. You know, there's, there was no, um, there, there wasn't as rich of a backstory about who they were and where they came from and why they are the way they are. And, and that's another thing that I love about our show is um, we are really exploring who these people were before they became villains and, and why they turned out that way. Um, but yeah, I, I find that all the female characters on our show are much more than just sexual objects. You know, they're they're living, breathing people. They have rich lives. Three-dimensional. Yeah, they're very three-dimensional. Speaking of female superhero characters, uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Wonder Woman movie? Are you excited for it? Uh, have you seen the trailer? <laughs> yeah, I am excited for it, much more than I used to be. Just like I said, it feels like a, a, a very modern update of who Wonder Woman is. And as the potential to be, um, and I love um, Gal Gadot. Seems like a great choice, um, and just that that they're exploring more of the history of who she is and and making her more three dimensional. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. First time I actually saw you, believe it or not, was in a movie called Evil Dead. It was the remake. I saw it recently. Oh yeah. You work with first time Uruguayan director Fede Alvarez. Um, what was your experience yeah. working with him? And do you have any anecdotes uh, with him that you could share with us? Um, 
it's always fun working with a first-time director because I feel like they bring a level of enthusiasm to the project that you might not get from someone who's more experienced. Um, and it was his first big studio feature film. So, um, he was very, uh, he, he was very unstructured. Um, he really wanted our input. He was very collaborative and creative. He wanted to do a lot of rehearsal. Um, in fact, like I remember if anecdote wise that there was, um, he hired like a zombie coach for us, like someone who was really good with like movement. And, um, so they would come in and, 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 you know, teach us how to be more in touch with our movement and our bodies. And we would spend like days just doing really crazy facial expressions and and body movements so that we could. He had you do all that stuff? Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, but actually it helped tremendously. Um, I was a little skeptical, um, at first, but it actually really helped to sort of break down these barriers that you might have of, of how you think that your body can move or feeling restricted um, in any way. So that was a lot of fun. What do you have coming up next uh, film-wise or television-wise? I'm just focusing on Gotham right now. I mean, it takes about 10 months a year to shoot Gotham. So um, by the time we're done this season, I'm usually ready for a little bit of a break. So um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just enjoying my couple months off here and then back for season four, hopefully. You can catch Jessica Lucas as Tabitha Galavan on the spring premiere of Fox's Gotham on April 24th. Thanks for being on the podcast, Jessica. Thank you for having me. It's time for Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. Don Cheeto will tackle Wall Street's first black millionaire. Marvel's new Thor trailer is the most seen Disney trailer ever. Jude Law will star as the young Dumbledore in Warner Brothers' Harry Potter reboot, Fantastic Beasts. And AMC theaters will now try and attract more moviegoers by turning their concession stand into a full-fledged fast food restaurant. Changing to the small screen, Big Little Lies fans, you're in luck. Author Leanne Moriarty's prepping season two. MTV revives Fear Factor with Ludacris as host. James Corden's Carpool Karaoke will have another primetime special set to air May 22nd, and Netflix renews the surprise hit Grace and Frankie for a fourth season. Switching over to music... Shakira and Maluma's Chantaje reaches 1 billion views on YouTube. Speaking of Maluma, the Colombian singer eyes an English-language crossover with his upcoming album. Latin Music USA, a new documentary exploring the history of Mexican-American music, will air primetime on PBS this May. And Harry Styles' self-titled debut 10-track album will drop on May 12th. And in tech and social media news, you can now book flights with Google Home. Teen accidentally kills himself as friends watch on Instagram Live. Facebook Messenger passes 1.2 billion users. Twitter accused of deleting tweets slamming United Airlines. And Apple has made its paella emoji more authentic. Viva Spain! Before we move on to our film review of Fate of the Furious, here's a listen to the songs I've been listening to this week. Vicio, Camilo Séptimo. Turn out the light. Chris Cap featuring J Balvin. Gama de Clavos, 
Teleradio Donoso. Yo quiero cariño, es todo tan raro, soy un hombre Engines Roaring Destruction Fights Add some crowd favorite cameos, exotic locations, humor, some stilted romance, and themes of family, and there's your formula for Fate of the Furious. Let's see if this works. In this eighth chapter of the franchise, Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto betrays his team when he's shown a disturbing video by Charlize Theron's hacker character, Cypher. I think I need to remind you why you chose to be here. No choice. The Fast and the Furious movies are about giving its audience every indulgence under the moon, and the producers accommodate sinfully. Latinos, the number one movie-going demographic in the United States, should feel right at home with the film's unabashed Latin vibe. It works, and it works to a charm. The one thing you can always depend on Fast and Furious movies is you will always get the best bang for your buck. We're gonna need a bigger truck! Right before I say goodbye, I want to leave you with my Today Show visit this week where I talk some celebrity gossip and Ricky Martin's new TV project. Listen in. Here with today's buzz from showbizcafe.com is Jack Rico. <laughs> so we have some couple news to get to first, and there's some, let's start with the happy news, okay? Yes, the happy news. So according to People Magazine, it looks like Bradley Cooper and his supermodel girlfriend Irina Shayk uh, welcomed their first child together two wow. weeks ago. Wow. Uh, That's going to be attractive. I bet she looks like that already. She, <laughs> <laughs> she is absolutely gorgeous. Now, here's the thing, though, is that there is no confirmation whatsoever on the name or the gender of the child, which speaks levels uh, and volumes to how private Bradley yeah, and Irene right. are. Blake Lively and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds did the same thing. Right, but for two weeks ago, you yeah. know, for the child to have been born and not even know have... know that the baby was born? Well, exactly. Well, according to the source at People yeah. Magazine, they were always, They're but, pretty good about But that. not even Brad and Irina were the ones confirming it. Do they so know? It's a, they, they know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And now we have some sad couple news for Janet Jackson. Is that right? That's right. So Janet Jackson is ending her marriage of five years to billionaire Wissam Almana, mm -hmm. uh, who made his billions on luxury goods. And uh, there's no explanation yet on why they're divorcing, but it is interesting that this is coming on the heels of the birth of the son Isaac just three months ago. Yeah. So you'd think that something like that would keep him together, but unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, what we can confirm, according to E! News, is that Janet Jackson is staying in London with her son Isaac. Ricky Martin, that's some good news for him. So it looks like this is going to be a Latin affair on FX's upcoming miniseries, uh, Versace, American Crime Story. Ryan Murphy, who's one of the producers, yes. uh, is going to be working with Ricky Martin once again, and Ricky's going to be playing uh, uh, Antonio D'Amico, which is the longtime partner of Gianni Versace, and Martin is going to also be joining along Edgar Ramirez, who's yes. going to be playing Gianni Versace, uh -huh. and Penelope, Penelope. Cruz yes, is going to play Donatella Versace. I read that. So it looks like cool. Murphy and Martin are getting together once again. They last uh, worked with each other in Glee back in 2012, where Martin played a Spanish teacher and this show is going to actually be uh, debuting, premiering 2018, so I can't wait for it's that. It's going to be fun. Ryan Murphy yeah. is so talented. He's Absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Thanks, lady. Go ahead. got us all updated. And that's a wrap for our 20th episode of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Jessica Lucas for coming on the show, and I'd like to thank you for listening. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at highlyrelevant at showbizcafe.com. 
You can now hear us on the Revolver Podcast Network, too, which means we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, please subscribe and share with your friends. See you again next Friday on another episode of Highly Relevant. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.